Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome back to Rule 8 Politics, the show where we always tell the truth or we at least don't lie. We're going to get to our predictions for the upcoming year, uh, and this is going to be a good year. I feel it in my bones. Um, 2020 sucked. This year is going to be good, uh, but we're going to save our predictions for the end of the podcast. Right now, we're going to talk about something a little bit more pressing, uh, something that's very important for the for the shape of politics uh, for at least the next two years. Um, and this is the uh, Senate race going on in Georgia. There are two Republican incumbent senators, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, who are up for re-election. They're being challenged by Democrats John Ossoff and Reverend Raphael Warnock. Um, and both races are very tight. Um, Senator Perdue is up against John Ossoff, and uh, Kelly Loeffler is up against the Reverend uh, Raphael Warnock. Um, both races are very tight, could go either way. Um, Jeremy, you got any, any predictions? Who do you think is going to win, and who would you like to win in each race? Well, man, I tell you, since November, like, not much has really changed in the polls. I mean, like, uh, I checked it out on 538. Um, before we went live today, um, I mean, Ossoff and Warnock have a slight lead in the polls, like slightly up from November, but like they're still well within the margin of error. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because it's going to come down to voter turnout, who shows up and who stays at home. That's what's really going to decide this election because, man, it is neck and neck. So between Ossoff and Purdue, we're looking at 49% to 47%. Uh, for Warnock and Loeffler, we're looking at 49% to 47% there too. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it is, it's a nail biter. And I think it's not outside the realm of possibility that, you know, once again, we go into a, a whole nother recount, you know, this is a special election, so they can't do it again, but you could stall, you know, the, the certification of the vote through another recount and what other shenanigans people might try to pull here. Yeah, but and the stakes are very yeah, high because uh, yeah, yeah, you know, because and, um, the like, the winner, if the Democrats win both these races, it's going to be a fifty fifty tie in the Senate, and that mm -hmm. means the Democrats actually have the majority because a tie, if uh, they're voting on something and fifty senators want say yes and the other fifty say uh, nay, then the vice president will be Kamala Harris, she'll get to be the, the deciding vote. Um, so the stakes are very high for both sides right now. Yeah, yeah they, they, the Democrats cannot afford to lose this race. I mean, if, if they do, then I mean, just imagine nothing being done in the Senate for the next two years, or at least very little being done for the next two years. Not that much gets done anyway, but imagine even less than that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's super high stakes. And, you know, it's just like the way that, the way that politics play out now is, you know, all, all politics are, are local and they are national. So the outcome mm -hmm. of this race in Georgia will affect what happens in your day-to-day -day life. So mm -hmm. I th it's, I think it's correct and appropriate that this, this race has garnered so much media attention and because man it's it's a big deal it really is a big deal yeah uh, it's um i know in the in the november election i know I've, I've, 
<laughs> I forget his name now, but the the libertarian candidate down there, they, they really roasted that guy. But for, uh, he was really accused of splitting the vote down there, and mm-hmm. I think that 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 race in particular, and how they how the, how no one came came ahead with the Senate, but spe- specifically when it came to the Republican side of things, how that damaged or really took away the Republican um, grasp of winning that election really did a lot of damage to the Libertarian Party as a result. So it's I'm very curious to see how third party turnout um, ends up in this election here too. Is there a third party on the ballot? Uh, no, I believe they have been removed for this special that's, election. That's That's what I thought too. Um, uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, in new- November, I think at least the, uh, the, um, uh, the Purdue also race, I think, I think Purdue was just like 0.2 percentage points away from like getting the amount of votes he needed to become the next Senator, mm-hmm. uh, but Georgia or to, to keep his seat, I should say, but Georgia has a rule where you have to have at least a 50% majority of the vote in order to actually win. And because of the libertarian ticket in that race, and I, I think they may have had some other candidates involved too. It basically, it split the ticket and, uh, and no candidate got over that 50% margin, although mm-hmm. Purdue was very, very close. Uh, and now it looks like John Ossoff is, is leading in the polls, not by a lot. It's within the margin of error, but, um, you know, all the polls that I'm seeing, he does have a slight advantage. So uh, this is going to be very interesting. Um, also, though, there is the, the uh, factor that I don't know how this is going to play out, but I know during the November election when pollsters were calling people to see who they were going to vote for, um, it was well known that the Trump vote, the Republican vote, was underrepresented in the polls. So now that Trump's not on the ballot, I don't know how, uh, I don't know if that's even going to be a factor anymore, right? Because um, back then people, you know, were afraid to say that they were voting for Trump. Um, and a lot of people did show up and vote for him, even though he lost the election. Um, it's just going to be interesting, you know, it, it is uh, how accurate are these polls, you know, regardless of who wins, it's going to be very interesting to see how accurate the polls are because this will be the first time we'll get to see whether or not the, the hidden Republican vote um, remains hidden or not. Um, post-Trump, you know, it's just going to be the first test of that. So, so um, yeah, I, I'm more interested in that, honestly, than, uh, than the actual outcome of, of either <laughs> of these races, because I'm not that big a fan of any of the candidates. Uh, I got my reasons for, for each. Uh, do you have any preferences? No, absolutely none. <laughs> you know, um, and we did I mean, not discuss this beforehand, by the way. <laughs> now, we talked a little bit, but we didn't ask each other's preferences. All right, so we both have no, no. preference. No, I, I mean, all right. I, do, I, do I want the Democrats to win the Senate? Um, well, yes, for, for very specific reasons. Um, but do, like, do I... Do I think uh, Ossoff or, or Warnock are like 
champions of the Democratic Party or like really represent like the future of the country and what this country needs. Not so much. Um, I, it's um, I mean, I, I, I was not personally involved with the Georgia campaign like whatsoever. I didn't donate to anybody's campaign. I didn't, um, you know, support anyone in real life or online um, because I, 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 I necessarily don't have a dog in the fight. However, that being said, yeah, I, th- I think it'd be great if the Democrats do have the majority of the Senate and the House for at least from now to 2022. And, you know, I, th- I think if, if we're going to mm-hmm. get anything done as far as, as COVID relief, as far as kind of digging ourselves out of the, the rut that has been, well, I, I, I hesitate to say the last four years. That's not really accurate or true. However, the last year for sure, we have done some serious damage to this country that we do need to repair. And I think having a unified uh, House, Senate, and presidency can really help to change those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it would definitely help um, the stimulus efforts. Uh, y- yeah. You know, um, I mean, look at what happened this past week with, uh, I mean, hopefully everybody listening got their $600 check. If you're qualified, um, I should have qualified. I still haven't gotten it waiting on that. Uh, but there was an opportunity out there to get uh, up to $2,000 a person. And because of divided government, because of Mitch McConnell, that got shut down. Um, I thought it was very interesting that there were actually a lot of Republicans that supported raising the, uh, the, the, the direct checks from 600 to 2000, uh, that measure. Um, so initially the, the stimulus package um, passed with uh, $600 direct checks going out to most Americans. Um, and then Trump wanted to increase that to 2000. Um, finally, he speaks up after this bill basically passed both chambers. Like where, where's he been all this time, you know, but whatever, uh, late is better than, than him not having said anything at all. Uh, what happened was the Democrats, you know, right away, they jumped all over this. So like, hell yeah. Okay. Let's increase it to $2,000. They had a vote in the house. It passed with bipartisan support. There were Republicans. I think, I think 44, uh, Republicans, uh, supported it in the house, which is a pretty good margin. Um, and then, uh, Mitch McConnell basically said the only way they're going to vote on it in the Senate is if they also include two other things that Trump wanted to do, which was getting rid of section 230 protections, liability protections for big tech companies and establishing a commission to, um, basically investigate the 2020 election, look for voter fraud and whatnot. Two things that the Democrats just have no interest of doing, and it effectively it, it killed any hopes of of uh, that increased direct check amount to two thousand dollars. At least, <clears throat> at least uh, now, uh, while the Republicans have the Senate, if the Democrats take over the Senate, or at least you know make it so there's a 50-50 split. And we'll have uh, Vice President Harris, the, the deciding factor. Uh, you know, then we could get a larger stimulus pay- payment. I think 
I think Joe Biden has said that he considers this stimulus bill a down payment and he'll, there will be more stimulus after he gets elected. I mean, after he uh, uh, assumes the oath of office. Um, but if the Senate goes Democrat, um, stimulus hopes are going to be uh, greatly increased, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what it really comes down to me why I support you know the uh, Democrats win, winning the Senate in Georgia is it comes down to stimulus relief more than anything, absolutely more than anything. And I think if you're going to have Republicans in the way obstructing it, then yeah, not much is going to get done. You know, it's just going to be like we might get lucky if we get, um, you know, another $600 check, maybe, you know, at best, yeah. I think we'd be looking at 600. Um, so they would, there have been some very, um, generous uh, proposals put forth by the democratic party that um, especially with, with the new Congress coming into session and we, we have people like Cory Bush who let me be very clear that I don't endorse or support it as a uh, um, her, her most of her policies. However, you know, championing, you know, HR 6490 or 6496 or 9664. But anyway, the, the guaranteed money for the people's act of recurring cash payments, you know, I think that's something that, I think I think at this point we should be beyond considering and moving towards actually enacting. So I, you know, it's some yeah. some very important stuff. And like, man, I, I think that the what people hope and what people really need, uh, I think, has the potential of actually, you know, being achieved through a democratic congress as, as far as when it comes to stimulus relief, mm-hmm. because they're going to be giving away trillions of more dollars more money is going to be spent more money is going to be wasted just like we saw in the last relief bill there was so much crap packed into that along with it i mean the ndaa so much bullshit in that bill too that it it was cool to see that stuff get attention but that that's nothing new i mean there's crap packed into legislation all the time that we never even know about right but at least in, in this one situation we were able to look at like wow the american people really got fucked over in this one like we're gonna give just millions and billions of dollars away that things that definitely don't need this money right now, but the American people who actually do need it, eh, maybe yeah. next time guys, you know? Yeah. We can't afford to give money to the people because we have to uh, fund gender studies programs in Pakistan. You yeah. know, it's crazy shit like that. And, and that's, right. the, yeah, that, the that's fucking, every single year. Every year. Right. Yeah, yeah, the fucking Isra- yeah, the Israeli border wall. You know, it's, it's like we can't we can't <laughs> do anything for the American tax. The the, the, the hardworking blue collar class of this country, that these essential workers that we fucking talk about how we care about all the goddamn time. But hey, guys, you know, first, real quick, real quick, we gotta go finish the wall in Israel first before we actually help you guys out. Or hey, <laughs> uh, big tobacco, big tobacco. I, I mean, you, your guys' profits have really been hurting with these people taking up this vaporizing thing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. How about we shove yeah. this into a bill where we completely eliminate the online mm-hmm. uh, commerce community of that whole sector of a of, of, <laughs> of a life saving thing that people rely on? But um, but yeah. But that's yeah, and you know who's whole... really hurting out there? It, it's you know who's real who's really hurting, and we really have to help the uh, uh, racehorse owners out there. Yeah, they need a yeah special you... tax cut. Dude, my heart goes what out. The to these... fuck? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, if yeah. you own a racehorse, you know you're probably very wealthy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think <laughs> yeah. poor people own racehorses. 
Um, geez, I mean, they'll be fine. Yeah, it's just, it's just, just ridiculous. It, it, you know, I, I don't, you can make arguments for all these programs. You, you could make a good argument for, uh, you can make a good argument for why we should be funding a gender study program in Pakistan. You, you absolutely could. But how do you say that that program take, should take precedent over or take priority over uh, helping out the struggling American poor? You, you can't, you know? I mean, you, you gotta you gotta feed your own kids before you start feeding the world's kids. That's that's how I I think about it. You know, we gotta help our own first. Um, it's a lot of a lot of poor, a lot of poverty in this country, and uh, and, and and we gotta we gotta look inward and and stop trying to solve the world's problems. Um, if if, if you know if, if we have a, a, a surplus and and we've eliminated poverty here or we've made tremendous strides at doing so then yes let's uh let's try to we could try to help out the rest of the world a little bit but right now we've got so many problems in this country um i mean even the, even like just looking at the vaccines and, and whatnot um we're so far this is another topic uh, and i'm sorry for going here but we're so far be, behind where we thought we would be at this point in terms of vaccinating people um i think we missed our our, our the goals of project warp speed by like 90 percent um it, it's just it's just ridiculous you know we're gonna you know we're gonna be dealing with this coronavirus for a long ass time and that also means the economy um you know, we can't fully reopen the economy until the coronavirus is under control. So, you know, that, that's more stimulus we're going to have to keep on doing and doing until uh, it's, it's just it's just a mess. Uh, we got to help our own before we uh, mm -hmm. help the world. Yeah, I agree, man. And it's I'm so surprised, you know, to, to, to stay on the vaccine rollout thing just for a little bit longer. I, I can't believe there hasn't been some kind of online registry for like, you know, people go in, put your information in, like, this is, this is, this is where I live. This is my age. These are my pre-existing conditions. Like these, uh, this is my job. This is my occupation. Like, I, I, I am still completely unaware of like, how is the government going to contact me or how do I contact the government right. to find out when I'm fucking eligible for this shit? Right. Like, I just gotta like, like, just like, like, like at least have whispers or like, a whispers of a plan say hey like a plan's coming like we're gonna have a plan like next week next month like mm -hmm. fucking say something instead of like right now it's just well i don't know man it's like we're, we're looking at like maybe 2022 right. now right. It, it, all the like all the vaccines are gonna expire or something you know there, there is there is no plan and and you know let's let's face it all the the current administration cares about right now is trying to find a way to overturn the election they don't care about the coronavirus. They don't care about the vaccines or Operation Warp Speed. I mean, uh, during the debate, uh, I remember Trump being asked about this and him saying something like, um, oh, I have a great plan to distribute the vaccines. You know, the military is going to do it. And uh, boom, it's going to be done really quickly. Everything's in place. Bullshit. Bullshit. You know? <laughs> We, yeah. we have we have vaccines just sitting there and we don't know how to distribute it across the country. 
there are, are, are states that are saying that they were supposed to get X amount and, and they're, they're getting half that. You know, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a mess and it's going to be this way for a long time. Maybe, maybe hopefully the Biden administration can, uh, can fix the problem, but that's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, we're, 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 we're in a little bit of trouble, um, but that's, that's nothing new. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want, last thing I want, kind of want to say about the whole Georgia thing it is mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the right wing circles that I, that I travel in or the people that are even especially around me, you know, I think if, if the Republicans lose in Georgia, I'm not sure if you can like solely blame it on, but I think you could more, more than anything, what, what would compel people not to revote the, not to vote for the Republican ticket here was the failure of the $2,000 stimulus. Like that, that seems to be, yeah. I think probably like the, the nail in the coffin for the, the Republicans there. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no reason for Mitch McConnell to object to hearing that on the floor. It's, there was, there was no political gain to obstruct that. And so, I mean, I, I really don't know what their game plan is by shooting that down. You, you know, I, they I, I, always this, cry. They always cry fiscal responsibility when it has to do with like money going to people who actually need it. But when it has to do with, you know, tax breaks for the wealthy or for corporations, uh, it's not a problem. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting what McConnell said, um, <clears throat> what, what he basically did by tying this $2,000 increase to uh, getting rid of t- Section 230 and to uh, make establishing a commission to look into the election because he, he, he knew it was going to kill the, the uh, $2,000 stimulus effort. Um, but what it allowed for was... Um, both Republican candidates in Georgia, uh, uh, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler, they both came out in support of the $2,000 stimulus, which was a surprise because, you know, most pundits were saying they didn't expect them to be for this. All of a sudden, they come out in favor of the $2,000 stimulus. And Mitch McConnell, I think it was like the same day, decides to package the stimulus in with these other two things effectively killing it so they don't actually have to vote on it and i thought that was kind of shady they were definitely talking um you know i mean the georgia senate race is of top concern for for mitch mcconnell um also for uh you know a lot of people in washington um and and they're trying to figure out how can we not look like we're uh, against you know Mitch McConnell doesn't mind being the Grim Reaper. I mean he's been called that kind of uh, as an insult, and he's like actually endorsed being called the Grim Reaper because he kills all the bills. Um, yeah, and, and this is basically him. He gets to be the Grim Reaper again. He'll be the bad guy. Um, and uh, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, the Republicans, uh, up for re-election. They get to look like like you know, the good, the good guys, cause they supported the $2,000 increase. Um, when in reality, uh, I don't think that it, that's, that was the case. Yeah. I, I think this, this was kind of planned 
They knew they weren't actually going to have to vote on it. They're, they're both fiscal conservatives. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's kind of speculation. Um, there were Republicans who did, I think, generally, uh, genuinely supported the $2,000 stimulus package, like uh, Marco Rubio sent out a tweet uh, saying, um, I have his tweet here. Uh, he said, I am concerned about the debt, but working families have been hurt badly by the pandemic. This is why I supported $600 direct payments to working families, and if given the chance, we'll vote to increase the amount. So, you know, I think I think he's very sincere about that. You know, Marco Rubio, the, I think he did support the $2,000 payment. Um, other senator, Republican senators, um, Josh Hawley, he definitely supported it. He was uh, actually a, a major advocate for it. Um, I don't know how sincere these two Georgian Republicans actually were, given the timing with Mitch, Mitch McConnell and uh, I think their previous stances on, on stimulus. Um, just, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Mitch McConnell um, ousted as the majority leader. But I mean, that would even be kind of weird if, if it's a 50-50 split. Neither party is technically going to be a majority in the Senate. Does that office just disappear? Do you know how that works? I think uh, Kamala would be the, the deciding vote for the majority leader there She'd too. Be the deciding vote, yes. Yeah. But what about the office of majority leader? Does that just disappear? I don't think so. No. No, I, I'm pretty sure that if, if, uh, if it's 50-50, then Kamala splits that vote and, and then Chuck Schumer. I guess Chuck Schumer would be the majority yeah. leader. You'd be considered okay. Yeah, that's that probably makes the most sense. Um, but yeah. Uh, and anything else on this? Oh, um, so so you kind of said that you'd prefer the Democrats win. Um, I definitely want more stimulus. Um, I'm not just talking about money i you know direct checks i just think more stimulus uh is is better than none i mean that's something that jerome powell said you know the risks of uh, of doing too much are far less than the risks of not doing enough so you know just keep the printers hot <laughs> right now and and we need stimulus stimulate the economy uh, until this virus is completely under control um so in, in one sense i i would like the the Democrats to win, and I, I'd like McConnell to lose his powers. But on the other hand, I think the Republicans do have a pretty good argument, too. And, and that's that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit that the Democrats want to do that I, I do think having a check against that would be pretty good as well. You know, like I, I'm, I'm sick of this defund the police shit. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. You know, it's, I think it's, I think there's a lot of great police officers out there. I think the vast majority of them are, are good people trying to do their job. And it's, it's just, it's, it's creating an unsafe environment. I think, um, you know, I remember a few years ago in Dallas, there was a situation where uh, there was a guy on the loose, just shooting random cops. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see that uh, happen here again. You know, we got to lower the anti-police rhetoric in this country um so 
we need to reform the police, but just defund the police. I don't want to see that being a winning message. Um, and, uh, you know, there are just uh, certain things that the Democrats want to do that I just think is a little bit, is, is a little bit, uh, a, a little bit crazy. And uh, this John Ossoff guy, you know, he's only 33. I turned 32 in uh, like a week or two. He's like basically my age. I am not qualified to be a senator, you know, <laughs> and, and it just blows my mind. How's this guy? How does he think he's he's qualified to be a senator? And I, I looked into him a little bit and uh, it's just it's just kind of his background's kind of shady. He I don't know if you looked into this at all, but so his he comes from money. Right. The guy just screams privilege which is kind of ironic because the Democrats are always screaming white privilege and all this stuff, you know? Um, the guy, the guys, since Asif got interested in politics like 15 years ago, uh, his dad has basically been writing big checks to Democratic politicians in the area, like, you know, like big checks very consistently every year donating to a ton of democratic campaigns. He basically bought his way into Washington. Um, while he had a low paying job uh, as one of his uh, first gigs as a, uh, as a um, campaign staffer to, uh, first he was a volunteer for John Lewis. Uh, and then he was a staffer for, um, for Hank Johnson. Um, his dad bought him like a half a million dollar house in Washington, D.C. Um, and supposedly he's inherited John Ossoff, the 33-year-old. He's inherited somewhere between $2.3 million and $8.8 million from his grandpa. <laughs> uh, he, he spent some, some time as a, uh, a documentary producer. He was actually the CEO of the company. And the way he became CEO was he invested a quarter million dollars into the company and they made him the CEO. Like, I mean, this is not a regular person. This is someone who comes from deep privilege, has mm -hmm. a shit ton of money. That's how he's in the position to become a senator. I don't like that. It just doesn't sit well with me. You know, I'd rather see somebody who you know, worked hard their whole life and, and, you know, rags to riches. Um, I mean, um, the other Democrat in the race, um, Raphael Warnock, uh, he's a pastor. He, I don't think he's got a ton of money. His, his father was a pastor and a used car salesman. Um, his, and his mother uh, picked cotton and tobacco uh, when he was a kid. You know, he doesn't come from money. I like his background a hell of a lot more than this John Ossoff guy. And the other thing that, that kind of skis me out about John Ossoff is that for his documentaries, he was getting paid money from China. Um, and I mean, this may be completely legitimate and whatnot, but uh, I guess in his, I haven't watched his documentaries, um, but there's criticisms that he uh, he would cover focus on world issues and on Africa and emerging economies a lot. And uh, China has, of course, invested a lot of money into Africa. And supposedly he's being accused of basically parroting 
Chinese Communist Party talking points throughout his documentaries, constantly praising China and their uh, willingness to invest in these countries, while at the same time criticizing the West constantly throughout his documentaries. That's a, that's a theme. Um, I haven't actually watched them myself, but that's an accusation out there that he supposedly hasn't really addressed head on. Um, I, I don't like that. Um, and uh, and uh, his dad's got like a multi-million dollar yacht built by the Chinese. And when the yacht was first built, they all went out and had a, a party on the yacht with a whole bunch of high-level Chinese dignitaries. So his family's got connections with the Chinese Communist Party somehow. And I, you know, after what just happened with Eric Swalwell, we know they're trying to influence our politics here. I'm concerned to say, say the least, you know, it, it, it may be nothing to worry about with him. I'm not saying that he is under the influence of the Chinese or he's corrupted. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying it's a question mark. It's concerning. And uh, something for Georgians to consider when they head to the polls. Um, so I like one Democrat a lot more than I like the other Democrat. Um, and uh, uh, the two Republicans. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Kelly Loeffler, she kind of seems like she uh, <clears throat> married into money. You know, I, I'm not I'm not all that thrilled about her, to be honest with you, either. She basically married into money, and uh, she's like the by far the richest senator in the country. Um, she was caught up in that. I'm not. She was uh, caught up in that insider trading yeah. scandal uh, back in the beginning of the pandemic. Yes, too. and David. Perkin. Yeah. Both both Republicans were, or, you know, they they got they got basically inside information. They were briefed, saying that uh, this virus is going to be really bad. We're going to have to shut down the economy, and they both immediately they sold all their shares of like the cruise lines, the casinos, all the stuff that's going to take the biggest hit during the crisis. And I think they bought like uh, uh, stocks and medical companies. Um, yeah, that's, that's not cool. That's not good. Yeah. Everybody says, I can't say I wouldn't have done the same thing if I was in that position, to be honest with you though. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know? right. Hard to say. It's, um, it's, I'm not entirely sure how to approach that subject, um, but I do. I definitely do think there are some ethical and moral and moral um, problems with that type of business work. You know, it's. Um, mm -hmm. I think, uh, man, the, the more the more and more people can divest and have blind trust and not be involved with with uh, their previous business ventures when they are members of Congress. I think the better. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I mean, like also look at it th this way too, like whatever happens here, like, well, all right, so if Purdue and, and uh, or Lothar or I guess even Ossoff, you know, if, if they, for, for those three, you know, I, I can't speak for Warnock, but for those three, like if, if this electric doesn't work out for them, like they're going to be okay. Right. It's like their livelihood does not hinge right. <laughs> on winning this or not. Right. You know, it's a, uh, any of them can all, uh, go be you know consultants or lobbyists or what have you so it's it's a it's, a, it's a unfortunate that it's so much of our democracy hinges on this one election it's like mm -hmm. 
basically, I mean, I, I mean, at, at least three out of four people kind of suck. You know, it, it's um, I, it's I don't. I don't have a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot about Warnock either, but I, he 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 does strike me as someone who's at least decent. You know, yeah. um, I know the the uh, the right tries to paint him as some kind of radical socialist on the left, but uh, mm-hmm. like you know, he's had stuff like That's what they involvement do, with like Fidel. Exactly. I mean, like let's say yeah. Joe Biden's a fucking socialist for crying out loud. I, um, but yeah, it's I guess yeah. If, if, there's, I, I, if there's anybody. If there's anybody I'm gonna like quote like root for, it'd be Warnock. I mean, at least yeah. give us Warnock, all right? Because he's, <laughs> he's, I agree he's with that. Uh, at least preferable to uh, to Lothler. You mentioned Fidel Castro. Um, yeah, I kind of heard that criticism. Supposedly, he hosted Fidel Castro at his church. If you have the opportunity, so communist countries. They don't believe in religion, and it's frowned upon. It's deeply frowned upon in their in their in those countries, um, to the extent. And I don't know the exact rules in Cuba, but in, historically, in most communist countries, religion is is usually outright banned, or they make it very difficult to move up in life if you belong to a religious denomination. Um, if you have an opportunity to uh, demonstrate that sense of community um, and, and, and importance, importance of, 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 of faith to uh, one of these communist leaders, you, you take that opportunity, right? That, that should not be a criticism having Fidel Castro in your church for a sermon. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you're a religious person, person, if you're you're a Christian, I, I mean, the Bible says, preach the word of God. You know, spread the message, spread the good news, and that includes spreading it to people who who aren't already Christians. You know what I mean? And especially people who persecute right. Christians. Okay, Saul became Paul, who Saul in the Bible um, persecuted the Christians at first. And uh, he's, he's on his horse traveling to Damascus, and, and, and boom, the Holy Spirit comes to him and says, you got to change your ways, Saul. And Saul says, oh, shit, all right, I will, God. And basically he changed his name, became Paul, and basically wrote half the Bible. That same guy who persecuted the Christians, most of the stories in the New Testament were written by him. All right, he became the... Uh, the most important evangelist, essentially. So people can change their ways. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound like a preacher here, but you know, the the blind and and, and, and the deaf, their uh, eyes and ears can be opened if given the opportunity. And uh, you know, that should not. You know, if the Republicans who like to always try to pretend they're on the side of religion and and, and God and all this. They should be praising Raphael Warnock for having uh, Fidel Castro in his church. I was not, uh, <laughs> I, I had no idea I was going to go down that road, but, uh, but, it, but uh, I did. Well said. It was well um, said. Thank you. Um, that should not be a criticism. Um, anything else on the Georgian elections? 
no no i'm just excited man i, 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 oh. I kind of wish i had taken vacation for this week or at least uh um <laughs> vacation beginning on tuesday because man, it's going to be action-packed you know from, from here on out because uh, yeah. oh, yeah. right after tuesday on wednesday we got the certification of the electoral college vote and holy shit yes it, <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's gonna be a wild ride yeah um i think we all know that joe biden at the end of the day is going to become the next president but there is a i guess you could say one more opportunity for for trump and the republicans to uh kind of overturn the election and that's going to be on wednesday um, Congress is basically going to meet to certify the Electoral College. Um, it'll be particularly interesting because uh, the Vice President, Mike Pence, is actually going to preside, preside over the counting of, of the votes. Um, you know, you, you can look up uh, the, the 2016 election, the, um, when they went through the same process, it was actually Joe Biden, who was the Vice President at the time, officially declaring Donald Trump as the next president of the United States. So now, um, so this could get messy. This process could get a little bit messy. Um, well, why don't you, you take it from here and ex explain what's going to happen or what could happen? All right. So on January, or sorry, January 6th, the both houses or both, uh, both the house and the Senate are going to have a joint section and they are going to certify the electoral college votes. All right, so, uh, you know, with the, to become president, you need 270 electoral votes to win. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, what is it, 300 and some odd, uh, 200 and some odd votes go uh, heavily in favor to Joe Biden uh, for this election cycle here. Um, and there are, there is planned some objections to the certification of a handful of states coming into this count here. All right, so objections to the vote are not uncommon, okay? So we've had many, um, I, I'm in my, my early 30s. Uh, I've, I've seen them, there's was, there was 2001, 2005, and 2016. For those of the ones I know for sure, of where there was an objection to the electoral uh, count. And then, well, most of at, at least twice, nothing happened. The third time, something did happen. So they went to the next step. All right. So, anyway, let me explain the process a little bit better here. So, when someone objects to the electoral count for a certain state, a member of the House or the Senate uh, will approach, or I'm sorry, an objection requires a signed um i guess a signed letter from a member of at least uh, at least one member of the house and a member of the senate for the objection to be um entertained for a particular state yes right, right. like they both would have to object to arizona's vote count or something correct yeah i mean it's um yeah i, I could read the legalese here if, if uh um the vice president um the tellers read. Da, 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 da. All right, hold on. One, here it is. 
While the tellers announce the results, members may object to the returns from any individual state as they are announced. Objections to individual states must be made in writing by at least one member each of the House and the Senate. If an objection meets these requirements, the joint session uh, recesses and the two houses separate and debate the question in their respective chambers for a maximum of two hours. The two houses then vote separately to accept or reject the objection. They then reassemble in joint session and announce the result of their respective votes. An objection to a state electoral vote must be approved by both houses in order for any contested votes to be excluded. So it seems to be that they have the, the Republicans are going to object um, and they, they will have their, all right. So perhaps you can get some more better information or more concise information on what grounds the Republicans are planning to uh, object the certification. Um, I don't know if there are any grounds. I mean, they're basically saying that the vote, the vote was was stolen. You know, there was illegal voting, and there's just we haven't seen proof of that. Um, it, it seems to me like it's more of a political stunt than anything. Yes. Yes. It, it is a big political right. stunt. So, all right. So, um, the, the allegations include stuff like uh, mail-in uh, voter fraud. Um, yeah, it's a. That's going to be like their their big angle. It's going to be irregularities in mail-in voting versus in-person. Were the processes in place followed for tallying tallying the vote correctly? Um, and I guess I mean like there was. There was all kinds it's of chatter about all kinds of shenanigans. Right. Yeah, I mean, like people saying nothing, that nothing is backed up by anything. No, absolutely not. I mean, there's been like 50 some odd court cases so far and, and nothing has worked out in their favor. This is obviously not going to work out in their favor either. So all right, it's going to be exciting, though. It's, it's gonna, going to be very fun to watch this all unfold. I mean, going back to 2016, it was a very exciting electoral um certification process there too where you had i think it was around 11 uh, democratic members from the house they they all individually objected uh they, they didn't have any support in the senate so nothing ever happened with it but um yeah that, once again there was you know, allegations of russian interference we need a commission to look into it um voter suppression and um and um and black neighborhoods and black states uh but once again, they, there was there was nobody in the Senate to entertain it. Um, one thing that was interesting in, in 2016 that I don't know if we're going to see here or if it's even possible here, because in 2016, nobody had any support in the Senate. So somebody would go up to the podium and start talking, and then they just like cut their microphone off. Like they wouldn't even entertain the argument they were going to present. So it'll be very – I don't think this has happened. This will happen, but I guess the potential exists – for Mike Pence not even to hear or to receive the complaint from um, the people that approach the podium to, to make their objections, which wouldn't that be crazy. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, well, but I, wouldn't I, Mike I, Pence want the objections to move forward? 
I mean, you would have thought that Joe Biden would have too back in the last one. But he's like, no, it's like, it's over. Yeah. The election's done with. We need to move forward and get this ball rolling. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be the case here on Wednesday. I do think that these objections will be received. The, the House and the Senate will have to break apart. They'll go do their thing for two hours. Neither the House or the Senate will vote in favor of the objections of tossing out the electoral votes of probably Pennsylvania. And then Joe Biden will be certified as the electoral college victor on Wednesday, which will, and then, and then what, what happens after, but also I'm sure there's probably going to be protesters in the, uh, uh, up in the, what do we, what do we call it? The galley, that second level that those, uh, this, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. there's always protesters up there. So I'm sure something's going to go down again and that'll be kind of fun to watch to see yeah. how many people show up, how many people get arrested. And, you know, that's, just good democratic entertainment is it not you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just hope nobody gets hurt that's that's my main concern with that um but uh yeah supposedly what they're they're planning some massive protests out in the street too yeah yeah so this is all right so this will be the the thing to keep your eye on immediately after the certification of the vote because joe biden is I'm 99.9% going to win this thing. And uh, all right. So there's also, so there is a big, a large stop the steal type protest outside uh, in DC that same day. And so there, uh, the, the numbers as he speculated online are between like 10 and 15,000 people showing up to protest this thing. Um, I think like we saw last time for the most part, it'll just be, normal Trump loyalist type, you know, we're talking about normal middle-aged people, you know, that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a, a lot of boomers, you know, um, speaking with a broad brush here, uh, a lot of people that will not be there to cause trouble. However, there definitely will be there people there as well to specifically cause trouble. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I saw that the, the way the proud boys are approaching this, protests is they're going to be wearing all black and trying to infiltrate um you know i guess call them antifa and people on the left to be amongst them for some reason i'm not sure what their their goal is here but imagine all of a sudden joe biden's the president all the proud boys people start wearing black and, and masks and everything and then all the all the antifa people who are happy that joe biden is the president start wearing like american flags and all this stuff imagine that that would be something oh that would be something but it, it's going to be really yeah. interesting to see it, you know, like the violence that unfolds following the certification for joe biden because i mean there, there there's there's no course of action that this like works out in favor for the Republican party or for the people that are going to be objecting to the certification. Like the, they're going to split the house, the house and the Senate are going to split Mm -hmm. and they both, both the house and the Senate have to agree on the objection that was brought forward. And that's not going to happen. There's no way that the Republican house, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. the, The democratic house is going to somehow like see the light all of a sudden and vote in favor of, like decertifying Pennsylvania, like it's not gonna happen. Right. And also, I don't think there's really, right. I don't think there's actually any. It would ma- have to be multiple states too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I also don't see. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. How Jesus Christ, he'd have to lose so much ground. 
Well, I, I guess. All right. Yeah. So all right, this is one thing I have not looked into. So for for each time that the Republicans object, I wonder if if like that like restarts the clock for two hours. So like essentially, could the Republicans you know ob- object the uh, the certification for like every swing state that voted in favor favor for Joe Biden? And it, like essentially filibuster the certification process, like draw it, dry it. I mean, there's you could draw it out for 10, 20 hours, maybe. And yeah, still, you'd have I the mean, same result, right? But you could, it's just, you could make it a, just, you could, it's a waste of time, it's a distraction. There's more important shit going on, you know. I mean, they want to. They want to do that instead of talking about, um, you know, how do we improve the vaccination game? You know, how, how do we how do we uh, get more money into people's pockets right now? People who are struggling. Um, how do we address address the, uh, the, the 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 Russian cyber attack? You know, how how do we? There, there's so many important things going on right now that are just not being dealt with because they're all concerned about um, basically these political, it's a fireworks show. It's a distraction. And, and, uh, and because of that, the important shit's not being addressed. And it's just, it's very frustrating. Um, I got this, I got this text. I, I just want to read. I got this the other day. Um, I, I don't recognize the number, um, I, so I don't know who this is from. Um, I'm on both. I'm on some mailing lists for both Democrats and Republicans, so I don't know what side this is coming from. But it just says Zachary, calling all patriots. We hope to see you in Washington D.C. January sixth, twenty twenty-one. Reply: Count me in or stop to opt out. It's like. Who wants to see me in Washington D.C.? Why? <laughs> What's going on? You know, well, of course it's, it's yeah, it's for the the protest thing. You know, they're trying to get people out there. I'm sure both sides are. Um, again, I just I just hope there's. I really I, I don't want to see violence. I don't I don't want people to get hurt. Um, the outcome is inevitable. Joe Biden is going to be the next president. Um, and, and right now, what they're trying to do is it's it's all about um personal gain all these republicans that are objecting uh even though joe biden's going to be the next president regardless uh they're trying to tap into trump's base a little bit and uh you know there's a good chance uh josh hawley or ted cruz uh try to run for president in 2024 um same thing with some of the other uh, uh, politicians that are that are objecting. Um, uh, they're, they're just trying to tap into Trump's base, keep Donald Trump happy, because if they don't object, Trump's probably going to, uh, you know, support a primary challenge there against them. Um, it, it's, it's pure politics. And it's just an example of how our bipartisan political system is beginning to eat itself, you know, and it's, it's eating us. It's, it's chewing away at our democracy. Uh, Cause all the important shit's just being ignored. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's sad. 
real sad yeah sucks yeah it's um i i think unfortunately when it comes to you know objecting the electoral college that's is it just commonplace now you know i I think that's what we're gonna see Mm -hmm. i i I don't see by every election yeah as i i don't see our country taking a path that's that we're not going to see the same bullshit come 2024 or 2028 it's just going to be yep more of this all the time but i i think this at least what happens you know on wednesday i mean tensions are going to be running high on wednesday you know, considering how uh, georgia plays out on tuesday uh, how long and how dramatic the um the certification of college uh, takes on wednesday I think it will give us, you know, it's like kind of a look into, you know, the the next four, eight years of this country and where, where you're going to see more of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just hope we can uh, come together a bit. Um, yeah, tensions are very high right now. They're going to be high uh, throughout the rest of the, the week with the Georgia election and the uh, – and uh, the certification on Wednesday, like you said. Um, and um, <clears throat> we just had this. Uh, uh, are we ready to go to the next topic? Before yeah, I yeah, let's go into it. We have any more yeah. points on this? So no. um, a few days ago, the, <laughs> a few days ago, uh, Nancy Pelosi's home and Mitch McConnell's home were both targeted by vandals. Um, Tensions are high right now. You know, people are pissed off. They see that the government is not working for them. Um, you know, they're constantly playing, like Andrew Yang said during one of the, the debates, the Republicans and Democrats are playing, you lose, I lose, you lose, I lose. But really, it's the people that are losing the whole time. Um, and uh, basically, um, uh, vandals spray-painted uh, uh, things about give me my money. We need UBI on, on Nancy Pelosi's home and, and Mitch kills the poor, uh, on Mitch McConnell's home. Um, I, I just, that is not the way civilized societies act, you know? Um, yes, we need more stimulus. People are hurting. Government needs to work for us, but, uh, you know, I, I I just I just I just can't support vandalism. You know, or destruction of private property. It's just that's you know we're not animals. We are we are human beings. We are we are a, a civilized society, and you know, uh, accepting that, allowing that kind of behavior is just is just moving the needle away from civilization and. and closer to barbarism um i i just i don't know maybe you disagree with me jeremy um but i was pretty disturbed honestly when i uh, uh when, I, when i saw specifically what they were writing you know i mean I, i'm feeling like this is this is yang gang people who are very good people um i'm a huge supporter of andrew yang i do not want the ubi movement being tied to what i kind of see as something that borderlines terrorism yeah, I agree, man. It's a, uh, it's not a good look. As yeah, you know, um, the UBI movement does definitely not, definitely does not be need to be painted, or even associated with you know the the radical arm 
of the you know the progressive radical arm of the Democratic Party. That is what we do not need to be. Nor and, and uh, that, man, I'd be willing to say that if it if if it does travel down down that direction, then I would leave the movement in a heartbeat because that is that there's there's no place for success or for change in that realm of politics. I mean, it's just a. Uh, any chance of it, of it becoming a reality be gone at that point. Um, but that being said, I, it's all right. So what happened with, with Pelosi and McConnell's house? All right. You take the UBI thing or the stimulus thing out of it altogether. It just in uh, attacks on their home in general, just generally speaking in the context of the pandemic and the context of the failure of, of Congress to actually act and provide you know, you know, meaningful relief for millions of Americans. I think it is like in some, in some shape, I'm not sure. If, all right. I'm going to hesitate. I'm, I'm going to think out loud here. All right. So I'm not, I, these are just uh, yeah. things I'm thinking in the moment. All right. How, if, if that's not appropriate, like if, if, uh, if, if at least put in some f- fear, into them in in times of crisis in a time of pandemic when people's livelihoods are being destroyed they're being ripped away from them because of their direct actions mitch mcconnell's and nancy pelosi's what is the appropriate response given like the current structure of things given that like you can't recall them you can't they're not even going to be up for re-election until 2022 Mitch McConnell for uh, he he did one re-election. They what their terms like six years, right? So, I mean, what's like yeah. what's the actual recourse of action that uh, that Americans can take that actually like are meaningful in any way? Like, you can write them a fucking letter. Well, do you live in their district? Well, if you don't, they're not going to read it. Like you you can like maybe get call and leave a voicemail. I doubt that. Pretty sure they probably turned their voicemails off long ago. Like. I don't know what American people are supposed to do besides like bitch about the situation on Twitter or, you know, or set up a fucking GoFundMe account or at OnlyFans. You know? <laughs> I, I don't know what people are supposed to do. And I don't think that this, what would happen should be surprising. And I, and I, I'm surprised quite frankly that we haven't seen anybody from congress be assassinated yet like that's what i'm like really surprised like it's i think the the american people for the most part have handled themselves fairly well speaking outside of you know like when you when you have all right so when you take away black lives matter and when you take you know, the, the, the things the things that they were protesting were very different from like you know the, the economic well-being of, of the nation right they were they were targeted at a specific set of issues that ha- also happened to include other issues that were mostly unknown to the people protesting. Right. So when it came to, uh, when it came to protest against Congress and how they're, they're handling this pandemic, it was really just people from the right that were out there in the streets protesting and, 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 and largely speaking, not always largely speaking, they handled themselves very, you know, quite well in those demonstrations um given how congress has dropped the ball or the senate just dropped the ball on the two thousand dollar stimulus 
and just uh, kind of shafted the American people here. Man, like I said, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what is appropriate. And uh, like I said, it's, it's predictable. Uh, I, I just said earlier um, that something like this happened. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely predictable. And uh, I agree that, you know, I, I am kind of surprised that there actually have, haven't been uh, really all that many assassination attempts uh, of Congress people um, over the past few years. I mean, the only one that I could really think of offhand is uh, the Republican uh, uh, baseball practice, but that was like four years ago. That wasn't during the, the pandemic. That was quite a few years ago. No, that, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Steve. Yeah, I think that, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that predated his name. Um, yeah, a bunch of people got shot. Um, yeah, yeah. only one. Yeah, well, I think only one person died. I, and it's so long ago. Ever, it feels like so yeah, long it, ago. It was, it was a while ago. So yeah, overall, I mean, the American people have handled themselves well. Um, but I, I mean, the reason why this the graffiti thing just disturbs me so much is because even though the messages were on Pelosi's house, for example, two thousand dollars, cancel rent. We need UBI. We want everything they wrote. And there was a severed pig's head with blood in the driveway. The real message, which may have not been written in words, but the implied message is, we know where you live. We have demands. You need to act on those demands. Right? It's, it's a threat. Um, and, and it's just completely unacceptable. Um, you know, how should the American people uh, handle the situation? You, you vote these people out of office. You know, Congress, Nancy Pelosi, uh, people in Congress, every two years they're up for re-election. Right? That, that, that two years goes by pretty damn fast. This person's been in office for, what, like 40-something years now? She's been a, a, a congresswoman? Get her out. I mean, just get her the hell out of there, you know, organize against her, do it. But they keep on putting her back in. Um, and if you have the time to like figure out where these people live, uh, you go out, you buy spray paint, you figure out how to sneak onto their property. And, and, and I mean, obviously this was a coordinated attack that coordinating with people across the country because it happened on the same night. If they have that much organization and, and ability, then you know what? I'm pretty damn sure they have the ability to get money somehow, you know, to get a job, to do something. I mean, we live in, in the age of the gig economy where if you don't have a job, you can easily sign up for Uber or for something and figure out some way to get some kind of income. I know that there's a lot of people out there who, who can't do that because maybe they have uh, a, a physical or mental disadvantages, right? I, I mean, I'm very sympathetic to that, but if you're able-bodied, you should be able to work and, and make money. Unless your, your government, your local government has completely shut the, down the economy where there is no way, there is no Uber that you could sign up for temporarily or anything, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's a local issue. That's not something that uh, Mitch McConnell can overturn because that's Los Angeles saying you can't work. So, I mean, he shouldn't be targeted for that. Um, and... Uh, 
you know, if you do fall into that category where you absolutely can't get a job because you have some kind of disability preventing you, then um, you're probably not jumping over the fence with spray paint to go spray paint on Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> house either, you know? So, I mean, these are people who probably could be figuring out a way to pick themselves up by their bootstraps to some extent. You know, I mean, this is America. You, they're, this is the land of the in, individual and individual responsibility. You need to be able to better yourself. You know, I happen to think universal basic income would would uh, improve one's ability to better themselves. And so I think it's a good policy. But are you entitled to that? Is it yours and the government's just withholding it from you because they're evil? Uh, no, uh, uh, the the entitlement, the sense of entitlement in this country, I, I think, is getting out of control. People feel that they're entitled to everything, you know. Um, you're not. You got to work for it. You know, you need to make something of yourself. Um, you are responsible for you and, and nobody else is responsible for you. Right. I, I that's just that's just that's the way it is. That's reality. Um, I know a lot of people within the yang gang don't want to hear that um but it's it's the damn truth and it's 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 important because you know you're going to get nowhere in life if you just want a, a handout and if your whole goal is to be completely dependent on the government you're going to have a very difficult life you know people need to take individual responsibility do something to better themselves you know sign up for uber or grubhub or doordash TaskRabbit. I, I signed up for TaskRabbit and I, I've been doing very well from it. And there, Thumbtack, there's a million, million, there's, 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 there's so many opportunities out there that you don't even need to apply and, and well, you got to apply, but you don't even have to go through a formal interview process to get a job. You know, you could, there's no interview to drive for Uber, you know, you could do it and be drive. I mean, you got to have a car for it. Yeah. I mean, there are some, you know, the barriers to getting a, a basic job in the age of the giga, giga economy are pretty low. And, um, you know, um, you can't just be dependent on the government. You can't expect the government to do the right thing because for since since the inception of the United States, we've never always done the right thing. Okay, I mean, this is a country that had slavery, and we've done a lot of bad stuff. We had Jim Crow. That's the government. All right, well, we can't be dependent on the government. People need to be able to provide for themselves, and uh, just demanding, you know, Mitch McConnell give me my money. It's not your money. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe if they had like refined their messaging a little bit better, like maybe <laughs> I'm trying to think. I you know I I do think I think vandalism does hold a spot somewhere in the spectrum of what's acceptable when it comes to peaceful protest. I, I think it, I think it, I think there is a way to effectively leverage it, and I think there actually is there there exists an avenue of which it can be used to actually further your cause. Um, you know what we saw on New Year's Day was not that 
You know, I don't think that, um, um, that all of a sudden we have people that were like on the fence of like, man, I don't know if these $2,000 checks are a good idea or not. I, I don't think they woke up and saw mm-hmm. that and be like, oh, yep. Oh, I, <laughs> no, yeah, they were, they were totally right. It's 2000 all the way. You know, it's, that didn't convince no, but, fucking anybody. But what it does do uh, is the people who are on the fence who, you know, maybe might have thought it was a good idea. And then all of a sudden you see advocates of, the two thousand dollars of UBI, basically. Okay, uh, I mean this, this. The fact that it said something about UBI on Nancy Pelosi's house to me makes it seem like this was gang gang people. You know, they also attacked both a Republican and a Democrat. You know, it wasn't like they were just attacking Mitch McConnell. It was both. You know, I, so it 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 makes it it it. it makes the movement seem toxic and for people on the on the fence um i think there there's going to be people who don't necessarily want to be associated with the toxic movement yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm glad andrew yang hasn't come out and endorsed these graffiti attacks right um i actually i don't know if he said anything about it but i i just yeah not that i have seen but um yeah, yeah. i i guess if uh well it's it's a big complicated mess you know i, I think uh yeah I, I think for the most part um you know well after tuesday and especially after wednesday like no one's gonna give a fuck about what happened at nancy pelosi and mr mcconnell's house after that I, I don't think that that's gonna have lasting damage against you know the yang gang no. or yang after he announces that he's going to run for mayor like i don't think that's gonna like that's not gonna stick like you can't mm-hmm. you can't pin what happened there on andrew yang or necessarily i wouldn't say no. I, mean, I, I don't think that you can pin that on the yang gang either i mean like black lives matter has had universal basic income as part of their platform for a long time now it's like like ubi is like now like it's outside like the realm of like strictly a yang gang thing that's supposed to be the plan like if you support black lives matter you're supposed to be on board with ubi but how many fucking people in the street do you think actually even know that like close to close to yeah, none of them not, you know like if you round yeah. to the nearest if you round to the nearest number it's zero right like it, it's um which is probably in all honesty a good thing yeah, you know, because I, I don't think mm-hmm. that those people are going to bring about any meaningful or positive change in this country whatsoever either. So, good. I'm glad that I, I, mm-hmm. I, it's a, I can't believe I'm saying I'm glad they're not advocating the UBI message any louder because they would just fuck it up even further. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Um, all right. So, by the way, we uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, she just won, won uh, a fourth term as Speaker of the House uh, just today. So that's yeah. that's breaking yeah. news. Yeah. Of course, when this podcast comes out, it will be one day later. But she re- retains her speakership position, and Kevin McCarthy wins another term as House Minority Leader. Uh, so no change there as well. Yeah, rather narrowly, too. Should we uh, uh, do... What's that? Well, I think uh, she won by like seven votes. I think, like it wasn't like a landslide. There was um quite a few Democrats. I say quite a few, but a handful of Democrats that I think um abstained from uh, from voting for. 
just didn't vote at all. I think that's I think that's usually the case. You know, I I don't think she won overwhelmingly last time either. You know, it's it's like she's like the one person that they all kind of like, but not really like. You know, <laughs> and if if she can win without a lot of people voting for her, like there will be people who they they're just not feeling the pressure to actually get out and vote. If it was competitive, then I don't think there would have been people abstaining from from that vote. Mm. Uh, but there was no real challenge to her her speakership. Uh, no, just something I thought we should note because that did happen today. Yeah, uh, well, shit, we can talk about you know. Um, I, I guess why why it matters to a lot of people in the progressive side of politics was there was a. Um, well, I just say it's all progressive politics, but many on the progressive side is they, they were really behind Jimmy Dore's force to vote. And what, what, what Jimmy Dore was able to put together or was attempting to put together was a coalition of Democratic House representatives that were going to withhold their vote for Nancy Pelosi unless she decided that she was going to bring Medicare for all for a vote on the floor. And it gained a lot of traction. It was a big deal online for for a few weeks, really, it gained some traction and ultimately went nowhere. Um, and uh, th- there are many um, on the progressive side of things that are disappointed with how things played out regarding the vote for Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, yeah, also not, not yeah, a fan of Nancy Pelosi either. I'm not a big fan of Medicare for all either. But man, I think the, the sooner we get rid of uh, Nancy Pelosi. Probably the better, you know. I think. I think one thing. All right. So one thing, one thing that the Speaker of the House and one thing, the Senate Majority Leader, like what I feel like they function as more than anything, is just to be like a target of hate, like a punching bag, for the you know for their respective party. That like you can, you can say like all these terrible things about about Nancy Pelosi, Mitch McConnell, and like, and essentially get away with it, right? Like, it's, it's like, you could be a Democrat and talk shit on Nancy. You can be a Republican and talk shit on, on Mitch. Less often that happens on the Republican Party that does Democrats, but it does happen. But it's, uh, I think they, that's like more, more than anything, like the purpose that they serve. It's just to like, to be like a, like a black hole that just sucks up all the hate from the party. Mm-hmm. Like that. so like yeah you know nancy pelosi comes out looking like shit not so much a democratic party you know mitch mcconnell comes out oh man fuck you know terrible I mean, mitch mcconnell is probably like one of the most hated people in this country <laughs> but yep. but people hate mitch, McC- mitch mcconnell more than they hate the republican party overall um mm-hmm. i'm not sure if there's anything more i want to say other yeah, than that true. but but i, I think that's like true. whoever you good point i mean they, it's like whoever you put in that position bags. absolutely right like it, like in my mind like i think tim ryan would make an excellent speaker of the house like i'm not sure if there's anybody in yeah. the house right now that could do a better job than tim ryan however i don't know if he really is the right guy for the job because well you just have to be hated like the entire time mm-hmm. and, I, and, 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 so, and, and it's like somehow nancy pelosi's like fucking cool with that shit like she like it doesn't seem to face her like it would like you, you know, think she's, like she's got I guess hundreds of millions of dollars so it's ice cream so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's if, if you know, if if I could 
like make Congress into like my, like, if I could just like decide who gets what, yeah, Tim Ryan would be my guy for Speaker of the House. Because I, I think he's a. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. He's a solid dude for sure. Yeah, solid dude, champion yeah, of the working not, class. He's not over. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I like Tim Ryan a lot. Um, he's not overly ideological. You nope. know, um, he would definitely make a good speaker. Yeah. Tough on China. You know, you don't see a whole lot on the, mm-hmm. on the left yep. that are tough on China like he is about reshoring jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, changing trade deals. So, yeah, that's, I, unfortunately, yeah, I, I think my, my opinion there is in the minority and people would rather I, I guarantee you in this country, people on, on the left would rather see AOC as fucking Speaker of the House than Tim Ryan. If, like, if you were going to take a poll, like, you know, and probably, you know, I'm sure it's like name recognition only there, but that's how, how it would go down. Like, yeah. she would win in the fucking landslide. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and that would be, uh, uh, that would be scary. Uh, nothing <laughs> would get done. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like it's like it would be like one position that I I kind of wish that the uh, that the American public at large voted for that, um, but I know it's not possible. Yeah, because you know, it, it it impacts it, it impacts everybody. Yeah, you know it's it's a it's a, mm-hmm. a critically important position, but I mean it's it's one that we don't vote on directly. Same thing with majority leader. Right. That would be interesting if we dem- democratize that. Again. Yeah, I mean, which, which, which is still, well, I, I guess, well, uh, I, I, I guess it would, it would, I'm trying to think of the downs, what would be the downsides to that? Well, you'd have another campaign you'd have to take, you know, pay attention to, um, I, I guess, like, I don't know. I think it's an yeah. idea worth considering. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I don't know. It's, there's, a, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. Um should we do uh some predictions for 2021? Yeah, let's uh let's go, man. Um oh yeah, well, first one I'll make is I already mentioned it. Um Andrew Yang will run for mayor. Yeah, I think so. There's a very good chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mayor of New York, of course, which will be interesting because uh a lot of people there are not happy with Bill de Blasio. Um, <laughs> did you see the thing did you see the thing with him dancing in times square oh yes yes oh man it, it, no. i mean speaking yeah, speak, yeah. speaking of like you know most hated men in america bill de blasio is definitely on that list too like yeah. fucking top 10 like <laughs> yeah oh yeah oh yeah i mean <laughs> what's he thinking you know I, I mean you're telling everybody you can't go to times square for new year's this year i mean and that's the big <laughs> tradition everyone goes i which as a native New Yorker, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. Um, you wait in the freezing cold uh, until midnight for the ball to drop, packed in like sardines. And uh, if you have to lose your bath, if you have to use the bathroom, you lose your spot, right? Mm-hmm. So you have people actually wearing diapers, yeah, waiting for hours, just picking yeah. themselves. And it's just, it's, it's disgusting, you know? Uh, so the Blasio, you know, because of the virus, you know, rightfully so said, we can't do this this year, but then he goes, <laughs> yeah. and he gets it. He gets Times Square all to himself, you know, come on, you know, <laughs> what a hypocrite. Oh, um, not, not cool. 
Not cool. So yeah. Anyway, that'd be interesting if if uh, Yang runs. That'd be real yeah. interesting. It will be. Yeah, which I mean, I think all the evidence points to you know he, he's going to like he was caught if you know filming commercials or promos for him running, where he says, "I'm Andrew Yang and I'm running for mayor of New York." Like like if he's on camera saying that to someone, then <laughs> you know it's. Yeah. It's all but a guarantee at this point, which I mean, I, all right. So like, as far as predictions yeah. for 2021, like my predictions like in large are like rather grim. Like they're not all that optimistic, but fuck, if I can at least have Andrew Yang running for mayor, like, God damn it. That's like one thing I can fucking look, <laughs> you know, look forward to. Yeah, that'd be good. Supposedly he's waiting until after the Georgia elections to announce. So if he's going to do it, mm-hmm. he's not going to announce before, uh tuesday so i mean it, it could we could know by the end of the week uh, you know it's uh that would be really cool could happen on my birthday that would be a nice birthday surprise <laughs> i'm not gonna say when my birthday is on the air though um <laughs> uh i got one for you coronavirus uh, i think for the first six months is still going to be a big deal but after that it's going to start to fade mm-hmm. away we're going to get, as we get vaccinate more and more people, um, uh, the virus will be become uh, something that's in our rear view mirror. Uh, but for the first six months, it's still going to be a pretty big deal because uh, it's taken us so long to get these vaccinations out. But tied to that is that even though the virus is fading away and the economy is, is beginning to reopen all over the place, I think the work from home trend is here to stay. Mm-hmm. I think all these jobs that all of a sudden uh, became work from home jobs. I, I don't think that's going to, I mean, they might may do a hybrid system where like once a week you, you have to go to the office or maybe even once a month or something. Uh, but I think a lot of people moved during this pandemic out of the cities to the suburbs or even, you know, across state lines and, it's going to be real difficult for these companies to say, Hey, you got to come back now. You got to come back. Uh, and you got to be in the office at eight o'clock. I think that's going to be uh, real difficult. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think the work from home trend is here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. And I think also what we'll see is we'll see some ripples with that within the uh, commercial real estate market too. Like if, uh, like we're also going to lose a lot of jobs from these, State, these uh, work at home things too. I mean, I think some companies have found that working from home people are if, at least as productive, in some cases more productive. It depends on what kind of work that you're doing. But I think we'll also see a lot of downsizing. And I think it could also lead mm-hmm. to some outsourcing. Like if it turned out like, oh, hey, this whole mm-hmm. time, no one needed no one needed to be in the office. Well, like, do they even need to be in the state? Do they even need to be in this country? Right. So I, I think that will potentially right. have real big ramifications in the long run. So also when it comes to, um, I mean, automation, you know, if you, if you, if you're working in a call mm-hmm. center and now you're doing your job at home, well, yeah, it's probably not I mean, like the one thing this, this pandemic has done for sure is excel the trend of automation like 10 fucking years. So I, I think, uh, mm-hmm. we're going to see automation of jobs away, such as call centers, fast food workers for sure. And that's going to be a trend I think we'll see real big in 2021. It'll be automation and, and fast food. And um, 
also uh cashier cashier jobs um <laughs> i just saw a uh um i do you was that a, a specific grocery store that was advertising that uh this that grocery cart uh well anyway there's this uh i believe it's a grocery store or a chain that's going to be introducing it's a grocery cart very similar what, what they're trying to accomplish is like what amazon uh, does it in their grocery stores essentially where you show up you grab this, the, the stuff off the uh, off the shelf you put it in your cart put it in your bag walk out the door you're on your way no cashier no bullshit yeah. just in and out no problem so i i believe it's a chain of grocery stores it could have just been a a the technology creator i could be mistaken however it's a shopping cart that has all the technology built into the car itself. Right, so it's, it's got a scale. It's got this one uses a scanner, so you still have to scan the shit as you put it in. Wow! It, it weighs it weighs your items for you. But man, like that level, like that's gonna be soon. And I think that we will see that commonplace twenty twenty one along with you know automated floor scrubbers, automatic uh, automated shelf scanners, automated uh, truck unloaders, like. We're going to see, like, not only did this pandemic, like, decimate tons of jobs, it also accelerated the technology that's going to decimate even more afterwards. So the, you know, yes. the, the arguments that we were making um, for UBI and the, uh, during the Yank campaign um, will be uh, only, I mean, we'll just, we'll, <laughs> I think a lot of people in the Yank will just be able to say, yeah, we told you so. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that. Year in, year, 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 in, year out, so. Definitely. Um, something else I think is going to happen uh, as, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're already seeing a ton of, of companies moving their, their offices um, from the ones that still do have, have offices. They're relocating a lot from California, from New York to places like Texas and Florida and other uh, Nevada, other low cost states. Mm-hmm. I think that trend is going to continue. Um, and, What's interesting about this is a lot of those tech jobs that are moving from California to Texas. Um, I think eventually this might not, this isn't going to happen overnight, but eventually it's going to lead to more diversity of opinion working and diversity mm-hmm. of thought working at these companies. You know, everybody c- criticizes big tech for being uh, biased to the left, um, including myself. I, I think that they are. You know, whenever they there's an issue with censorship, it's usually Twitter censoring somebody on the right for something or suppressing uh, a story that that hurt Joe Biden. You know, that whole scandal with with Twitter uh, suppressing that New York Post article about Hunter Biden, like in the, the last week of the campaign, that was a big yep. deal. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think this movement of tech companies from you know the uh from the california coast to austin texas is going to result in and more people on the right more conservatives getting jobs at these companies eventually just because there's more conservatives in texas so uh we'll have to see uh i i don't i'm not I think that's going to happen but i i very well could be wrong on that too you know i mean at the end of the day those companies, those left companies need to hire people on the right. You know, they could always still just decide to hire lefties hmm. or maybe something about tech attracts lefties. You know, I, I don't, I don't know, but I think, uh, I think relocating could, 
could kind of uh, result in more diversity of thought at these companies. Yeah, I, I think, well, I think the way, well, I, 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 I'm not a Texas resident, so I, I don't know what it's like there on the ground. So I'm merely speculating here. But you know, I think if the, if the trend continues, that people continue to migrate to Texas, um, I don't think people's ideologies are really going to shift all that much. Um, I, I, I think it's really, I think the question becomes like, does, do we flip, we does uh does does texas flip blue in 2024 or 2028 you know i think that's probably the question and but i think texas is a great fit for these tech companies because like like people always say like you need lefties or you, you need a uh, uh, um liberals to come up with ideas for companies but you need conservatives to run them right so i i think yeah i've heard that too. texas is uh, you know is a great place for these lefties to you know, <laughs> dream up these uh, these ideas for these tech companies, and uh, also a great place to recruit conservatives to effectively run them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's that's spot on. Um, I'll have to see if that uh, that happens or not. Um, but yeah, it definitely would be interesting. And it's the same thing in Florida too. There's a lot of companies moving to Florida. Yeah. I think I heard Goldman Sachs uh, is is re- relocating to Florida. Uh, from New York. Um, I, I think the major, the major uh, cities new, of New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, I, I think they're in for a reckoning, a very difficult decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though once the, once the virus subsides a bit and we get the vaccines out, there may be a bit of a return to uh, the cities, I think in the short term, I think over the long term, this experience has scarred so many people uh, that uh, you know there may be there may be some people who really just want to live in the city, so they'll move back. But I think over mm-hmm. the long term, people are going to think, "Hey, I can't be here forever. I got to get to the suburbs. I got to get to the country." And especially if the job is more uh, accepting of that, if there's more work from home opportunities, it's going to be a lot of people saying, "What the hell am I doing living in the city, paying?" $3,000 a month to live in a shoebox. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I want to get out where there's more safe, more, more space. And uh, you know, where things are just, just cleaner because people aren't on top of each other, breathing in each other's germs. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of growth in, uh, in the suburbs and in the areas surrounding the cities and in the less, dense cities like, like austin is not a dense city it's really one big suburb um it's going to continue to grow uh so mm-hmm. yeah that's that, that kind of sum, sums up my 2021 predictions uh, i don't i know it wasn't a very long list you got anything else no yeah i i it's hard to predict how it's going to go now with, with you know i think how the senate race plays out it's going to be a huge deciding factor in how the rest of 21 plays out. And um, mm-hmm. man, it, it, there's so much potential. There's so much potential for it to, for things to get better. And there's so much potential for things to get so much worse. And uh, I think we will soon find out which direction it's going to go. Yeah. I do think the climate 
the political climate will improve a lot. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe it's more of a hopeful, hopeful thought than anything, but mm. I tend to think uh, the climate's going to improve a bit. Yeah, I, 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 the, 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 yeah the potential exists. Um, however, you know, I, I yeah. think, you know, I, I'm in the camp that, you know, I really feel that this current political climate is kind of what we're stuck with for, you know, the, the next 10 years or so. Like, I, I, I don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think things are going to drastically get drastically improve this year unless drastic measures are taken. And I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of political wheel will is there. I don't know. I'd say maybe come April, May is when we can start to see maybe some uh, big ideas actually start making their way through Congress. I don't know, but, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. 2020 was a fucking blast. I don't care what anybody says this shit. (laughs) Like (laughs) there was shit always going on. I mean, if you were bored with real life, in 2020 god bless you man that's like i don't i don't know what else you could have been paying attention to that was like more exciting than real life in 2020 so i'm, I'm you know i'm I'm, I, I'm glad it's over but man it was that was one for the history books man that was a wild yeah. ride for sure crazy year uh all right should we should we wrap up on that note hey, it's a good spot end. i think so all right let's Let's do it. Thank you all for uh, for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff for us. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>